Hello. I'm Ross Heinerelli. And this is Market Today. Today we have a very special episode. We are officially two years into this podcast, episode 104 for the last 104 weeks. Every single week we have recorded something for you wonderful people to listen to. We are so excited to, to bring you another book this week. Uh, and to be at this at this day, like two years in, baby. What? How do you feel, Rossi? Tell us. Tell the tell tell the team. I mean, I think you described it perfectly. Where we've, you know, it's been two years of us, you know, uploading something. You know, we try really hard to to make sure we give you guys quality content. It takes a lot of time to read these books and you know sift through the news. But I'm I'm amazed at us. I think this is something that you know to give a little context. More and I really set out to just do this as a goal to do one book a day. We didn't really have a goal of doing it for a month or two months or even a year now we're at the two-year mark and you know people ask us sometimes i'm sure you get the same question more like why don't you guys just take a break or why don't you do one book um every two weeks or something like that and and i don't know about you for me it's i feel like if i stop like i might lose the habit in a way like i think it's just easier to continue going because if we take a break for a week or something like that i just feel like with how busy our days are, I don't want to remember how much free time we had. I don't. I don't want to remember what the extra six hours a week looked like. But I'm hyped, man. You know, congrats to you. Congrats to us. Uh, this has been phenomenal. So you know, we keep pushing, and and I think we continue learning, which is the biggest thing. No, I absolutely. I will say this though. I personally think that I would do this no matter what, whether we had the podcast still or not, whether we took a week off or didn't. This has been such a life-changing experience for me personally. I've learned so much from just reading all of these books and and, and really being a, a student again, a student of life. And you know, I don't think that I could I could stop reading. Like I, there are there, there are weeks where I end up reading two books because before I start, you know, making my phone calls or managing my stuff for the day, I usually like to read a chapter in like a physical book and and also get the the visual impact of reading now it's it's just been a habit that i've created that i've been so super super into um so i don't think i'll be stopping i don't think i'll stop reading anytime soon it's actually really exciting to me personally um and with that being said just to kind of give you guys a, a forward of of what we'll be talking today um you know ross and i have a couple bucks that we've laid aside call it 500 bucks in the in the wallet right now that we want to go spend on some cryptocurrencies and we don't really have a firm understanding of where we want to put that money so we're going to talk a little bit about how and what we're going to end up choosing to go and throw some money at uh in addition to the fact that we'll have a book obviously and this week we read a book called a little manual for knowing by esther lightcap meek uh light tap light cap no light cap and uh, very interesting book. We'll get into it a little later. So Ross, we got you know, let's say we got five hundred bucks right now in our in our wallet that we're gonna go spend on a cryptocurrency. Like where where's your head at? Head been at for uh, for the last month or so? So I mean, for me especially, you know, I I pretty much like I said finally got you know like a good check, got a good bonus check, and really wanted to put a good amount of that into crypto. Just you know, when you get a good check throughout the year, that that's you kind of know you're gonna set aside beforehand that this is for an investment so pretty much looking to put it somewhere um, we put a lot into crypto you know early in the year um, finally like I said we're seeing some good returns the market was down um, pretty far the last month and honestly I wish I had this influx of cash then because um, that would have been a better time to buy 
But long story short, I mean, I think my average on Bitcoin is like 47,000, which is pretty much where we're at. Like, I think I'm $50 short of breaking even on Bitcoin and doubled on Ethereum, finally doubled on Cardano. So anyone out here who's listening, Cardano doubled. We hit $2 this week. Been phenomenal. Um, you know, tripled on VeChain, doubled on XRP. You know, what I'm what I'm struggling with, and this is why we wanted to leave this conversation to the podcast, we were about to talk about it between ourselves before we started recording, um, and we figured this can probably provide some good kind of back and forth with Moore and I, but essentially, I've made money on everything but Bitcoin, which is annoying, so maybe just the timing that I got in, because I got it at 47, um, and I've watched all the altcoins kind of surge behind it, but my wonder right now is, do I double down and put more into Bitcoin, or do I continue the strategy of putting in more altcoins like Ethereum, Cardano, XRP, um, and go that route? So personally, right now, I'm kind of leaning, even though I know Cardano just had a massive pump and it's still early. You know, more and I talk about how we're long-term investors and we plan on keeping this crypto for, you know, three to five years at a minimum, most likely, at least for me personally. So if you talk about Cardano at $2, you know, I want to be one of those people that when we look back in five, 10 years, Cardano's 25 or even $100 and I could say I bought it at $2. You know, like what's the real issue of buying between a dollar and two? You know, and in Ethereum, it's already doubled to about 3,000. I have most of mine at 14, 1500. But Ethereum, in my mind, could easily hit 10,000. There's easily a room to triple there. So, you know, when I look at Bitcoin in comparison, I think Bitcoin can definitely hit 100. It can definitely hit higher. But at what rate is it worth having more Bitcoin than the other, you know, kind of crypto? So, I don't know. Do you have a thought more of, of what you would put it in? If Would you go for, like, the big boy Bitcoin, which is more of, you know, the, the reserve of crypto? Or are you looking at some, you know, top tier altcoins in the top 10? Are you looking to expand outward? You know, where's your mind at right now? Well, you know, it's really interesting that you bring that up because now that I think about it, I think Ethereum is always going to be a really strong place to put our money because the the ticket value does create some sort of, um, you know, let's say affordability factor for someone that's a, an investor, retail investors that are coming in. And I feel like Ethereum will continue to grow to a point where where it will be in the ten in the tens of thousands of dollars, and it's probably a pretty safe bet, even at you know the three thousand and change that it's at today, to go throw some of your some of your money at it. Um, you know, Bitcoin. I just threw a couple bucks in on the last drop because I thought it was a worthwhile time to do so. And you're right. I mean, at the end of the day, if we truly believe that in ten years from now, we're we're playing the longer term. Uh, you know, there's going to be an opportunity for for that same coin to be valued at, you know, hundreds of thousands. You know, because that's kind of the trajectory that it looks like we're headed uh, with with Bitcoin. Then it makes sense to throw your money at it. But at the same time, now that we have these different tokens, these different uh, avenues in which they're using blockchain and using the coin, uh, you know, the ICO coin, you know, coin offering available. Uh, method of raising money for their businesses, it'd be really, it's just interesting to have now uh, not only a um, a currency, a form of currency, but on top of that, a, a actual process that has to do with that currency um, that creates some stickiness, right? So the altcoins are very attractive. Um, you know, personally, I think it's all about diversification, but I, I'm also very much so struggling with where to put you know five hundred dollars worth of value into uh, into the market, and I think now I think more than ever now it makes sense for me to go throw some money at the altcoins 
just because it's 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 a good opportunity to do so. But at the same time, I'm also leaning towards you know putting some money into Ethereum as well because it just has you know potential and uh, a track record and you know is is one of the more solid opportunities in the market. You know, I agree. And and, and as you were talking, I think the best move for us is to probably put this round of, of cash into the blockchain, which would be Ethereum and Cardano. Ethereum, obviously, the big boy on the block right now, pretty much blockchain 2.0. And then Cardano is the smaller one, but it's, it's, a, it's a more advanced technology. It's essentially blockchain 3.0. I can tell you, I think it's next month more. I think it's in September. Um, Cardano is supposed to launch their smart contracts. So that is a massive thing that is on the horizon for Cardano. So that's what we'd be looking out for. But as you were talking, I'm thinking I want to put my money into Ethereum and Cardano, like because they have the most actual utility when we're talking about the ones in the top. And then I think I might take another ride and get on the XRP train because you know that's going to really change the financial markets as we see it. So I think for me, I think I'm probably going to go Ethereum, Cardano, and XRP. I already have Polkadot, so there's no need to do that. The only coin that I put a little money into and I didn't put enough into was, um, uh, what was it, Polygon. I could have I forexed my money at this point. I had $7 in it because I, I was like, do I put my 500 or do I put like just whatever I had left over? I believe I put my 500 into, um, I think it was Polkadot, and that didn't work for me. So I'm still down on Polkadot, but Polkadot is also another, you know, blockchain out there. But, you know, I, I think I want to do some of the more what could what could expand. You know, I think if the blockchains expand of, of Ethereum and Cardano and if and then, like I said, those are the safe picks. And I think XRP would let me get a little bit more risky because if XRP comes out of this, it's up 60 percent. In the last seven days, I mean, the rally has been off the charts. The only other one in the top 10, I think, pumping that hard is obviously Dogecoin, which, you know, do I put 500 into Doge just to play the game and feel a part of that community? Maybe. But I really don't want Doge. I really fight myself, I, you know, I, but I, I think talking it over, I should probably do Ethereum and Cardano because I have like five grand, I think, into Bitcoin and I have, I think, two grand into Ethereum and two grand into Cardano. So, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't hurt to leverage a little higher on there, um, but I don't know. I would I would love to see, you know, one if I could get one more little dip. Obviously, now that the funds are in the bank, um, I would love to just go shopping like where the prices were a month ago, um, because we were still like I said the the fear and greed index will show you. But more and I are still very very bullish on crypto as a whole. You know, if we had more money in our bank at that time, we easily would have done it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say if I had a thousand bucks just to keep the math easier, I think I probably want to do like three, probably 400 Ethereum, 400 Cardano. And I know it doesn't add up to a thousand, but 300 XRP, I think is how I would want to base it out. Something yeah, that like that. Yeah, sounds very fair. I'll probably actually do something rather similar to that and throw a couple extra. Because there's really nothing else in the top 10 that I want, like, I, I, I don't need Uniswap. Um, Chainlink is number 13. I have Chainlink, Litecoin. Polygon, like I said, I, I literally would have forexed my money on Polygon. Um, I'm not hopping in now. I'm still bitter. And I also don't know how much they'll scale. I know there was an article that came out yesterday about it. 
Um, but they're really to reduce the gas fees, obviously, of uh, Ethereum. But Ethereum 2.0 is designed to essentially start cutting down those gas fees. So if, car if Ethereum can do it itself, it doesn't need Polygon. So it'll be interesting to see how those two work together in the future. But um, there was a few others that I wanted back in the day. Like I wanted Aave, which is like a 28 um, on the ranking when you look at coin market cap. But I'm at the point now, I think I want to almost slowly start start consolidating and just stay in the top 10. You know, like I have a few that are slightly outside. I have one absolute trash um, pick that I had that I got on a day that it was riding up and I would have like 3X'd and then it just came crashing down. And for the last two months, I've watched my $500 get down to like, I think 50 bucks. And I think now I'm back at like $125. So... I'm going to hold that until it somehow saves its own life. But yeah, I think, you know what? I'm going to do Ethereum and Cardano heavy because I want. I think this is going to be around for me to put it in the big blockchains instead of the smaller ones. And then, and then probably see from there. XRP really is one of those that is my hit or miss. You know, I've already made money on XRP, so it doesn't really matter. I can afford to take the risk. But if it does, it brings the entire financial market as we're used to it into the cryptocurrency space. So I think that, and let's be real, the powers that be will be making money on crypto and they're going to need a coin to be able to do this. I think XRP is going to be the one that through its lawsuit with the SEC is able to, you know, find a common ground and something where everyone can make money. So I think XRP is going to be the vehicle for that. So... I think, yeah, I think I'm going to do Ethereum, Cardano, and XRP. Only because, like I said, I haven't made shit on Bitcoin. At this point, if Bitcoin goes up to, you know, 60000 again, you know, I won't make that much money. Um, I already have a good amount. I think this round, I'm going to do Ethereum, Cardano, and XRP. Bitcoin's supposed to have, though, in September. So would we see a parabolic jump where it goes all the way up? And if so, it's maybe we just... I mean, maybe we that, that that shock that sticker shock of like so maybe we just keep it and what we have and then we sell bitcoin when it hits the top of that peak and then just buy up more so if the five grand that i have doubles and becomes 10 grand and then after the peak it drops down because we hit a bear market you know I, I save that 10 grand and buy 10 grand of bitcoin let bitcoin pretty much pay for itself not a bad idea not a bad idea at all or do I just yeah? Because what what's what's an extra grand gonna do in Bitcoin right now? Like let's be real, not it's a whole lot. Not a whole lot. Like, you don't have a lot. There's not a lot of opportunity there. So, I think maybe going and, and like I said, I have my all my Bitcoin staked and my Ethereum on, um, you know, staked where all my returns are coming in Bitcoin. So when we hit the bear market, I'm gonna be doing the same thing. I'm gonna be moving my money probably from a lot of the altcoins into the, the coins that I can stake, like I have Polkadot staked or Chainlink, things like that, where like BlockFi is a great uh, example is you can have um, in BlockFi, I think I have, and I'll pull it up just to give you an idea. I have Bitcoin, Ethereum, Chainlink. Hold on, it's loading. Um, I got Bitcoin, Ethereum, Chainlink, and Litecoin. Um, so four coins and all of my interest is paid out in Bitcoin. So with that being said, it would make more sense for me to have more Ethereum because it will still let me make money on Ethereum, but it can also accumulate Bitcoin during the bear market. 
Um, I wish I could do the same thing with Cardano. I have my Cardano staked somewhere, but to be honest, there's so many platforms. I don't even know sometimes where they're at, which may or may not be a problem. Um, but yeah, I think it's time. Ethereum and Cardano, let's put it in the blockchains. I'm going to take a ride on XRP because it will never be cheaper. Even though it's at a dollar, it's still being investigated by the SEC. So it'll never be cheaper than it is now. So why not take a risk if we're already up a few grand this year? Um, we could take a flyer between all our other investments, take a flyer on XRP. Because if it gets out, you know, it'll, what's its all-time high? Let's see. XRP's all-time high, it went parabolic in 2018. It got as high as like $3, it looks like its all-time high was. So it's still got room to triple um, to get there. Let's see if there's anything else. Historical data. No. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things when you look at crypto, if you look at any of the price predictions and things like that, like you're going to hit it out the water either way. You know, I think it's it's a mixture of like more and I always fight ourselves of timing. But at the same time, it's like, hey, if you're going to hold for a long time, then timing doesn't really matter. And and my mom, who's a financial advisor, will tell you that, like, if you're going to, like, for Bitcoin, you know, what's the difference between buying at 30 and buying at 40 if you're hoping that it goes to two, 300,000? You know, like, just do it. You're better to be in than to be out. So, yeah, I, I think that's going to be my decision. What do you think? Has this swayed you one way or no, another? I, I think I think you've definitely given me a lot of things to think about, but I think that I'm definitely going between splitting that value between Ethereum and Cardano. It's just like I said, it's it's just the blockchains. It's the only ones that re that have the most utility. Um where Bitcoin, like I said, Bitcoin could get flipped. Whoever knows, but I think it it has to stay as the global reserve currency of crypto, um, especially with how many of these companies are, are buying it. Now, the other thing too we were talking about before we hopped on here is what if we don't put it there and we put it into you know Ark Investments? What do you think? Because I know uh, your good friend has a lot of money there. You know, I think that Kathy Wood is very very smart, and I think that she has a bright career. And I think at the end of the day. If you follow the people behind the money, you have a really great opportunity to understand, you know, what your upside looks like. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have good years, you're going to have bad years. But if you have smart people chasing long-term results that, you know, are, are showing consistent results, there's a good chance that you can believe in them. Which makes me definitely want to throw some money behind some of the ARK Invest, you know, funds. Um, as well as, you know, throwing some, obviously, like, if you want to talk about funds, you, you can always talk about index funds that are available. We love those. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, the, the stock market's always good to put, put your money into. Um, I think we're, we're kind of uh, in an interesting place when it comes to the U.S. stock market. If you're looking at our markets here in the States, I mean, the, you know, things are a little bit... Uh, a little weird with all the inflation and all the things that are, are coming down the pipeline. Uh, but it's always good to put, put your money into stuff. And I think what we're going to see is we're going to see that this Dow is going to continue to creep up um, just because at the rate of our, uh, at the rate of our inflation, at the rate of, uh, you know, how, how much money is going into this market. 
So it'll be really interesting to see where all this printed money goes and how uh, it affects our economy. Um, but yeah, man, it's always worthwhile to put your money into some different funds. Yeah, I think I think it'd be very smart. So yeah, I don't know. I think I think it's good. Like I said, for me, I want to stay in the top ten of, of crypto. I think you can make more right now. Honestly, the one when it comes to like Ark Invest, I would I would just really want SpaceX to IPO. I will put so much money into SpaceX if they IPO. Like, I'll, I'll do what I did when I got my Tesla and, and put all that money over there. I'll do the same thing. I think SpaceX is just going to be, they're already leaps and bounds ahead. You've heard me talk about it before on the podcast. I love what they're doing over there and the speed at which they work. Um, I think there's so much more utility that comes from SpaceX than people will ever realize. If they IPO, not financial advice, but I'm going to put a boatload. Let me tell you right now. So I'll wait for the day when that happens, and I'll buy it at any price. I don't really care. You're um, also an Elon fanboy. but that's Big Elon. Hey, Elon's made me money. Why, why stop? No, um, I get it. And I guess, like I said, follow the people, right? Well, you just look at someone who's able to disrupt, you know, the, the entire space industry. You know, this was something, I mean, imagine me and you. We have, we have enough companies to think about. But imagine that we were like, hey, yeah, we're going to go after NASA. We're going to do something that even NASA can't accomplish in their, you know, however many decades they've been around. Like, it's, it's wild to honestly think that. And they're doing it better. The speed at which they build prototypes, you know, all the different engines they produce. I mean, it is insane how many of these rockets they're trying to make to get people up to Mars, all these different things. You're going to have mining on the moon. You're going to have space tourism. I mean, you're going to have... They're, they're, instead of launching from here to... Or going from here to London and it taking X amount of hours, you can get on one of the rockets you get anywhere in the world in 30 minutes. Like, stuff is going to be wild when we get to that. So, I don't know. I'm super hyped for, for tech and where it's going to be. I think we're in this really interesting spot where we're in this, and, and I almost want to call it a weird, like, stagnant area. Like, you've seen phones haven't really changed much. A lot of tech hasn't changed much. Um, but once we start to see AR come out with, you know, I think Apple glasses are going to be the real, you know, market grabber when it comes to getting market adoption. But in the meantime, I think just being early, and I always say, try don't try to be early, just try to be slightly early. But... I don't know, man. I want to get in on some of this Ethereum, get a little bit more, um, a little bit more XRP, a little bit more Cardano, because um, there was a time. Remember, I think when I was still day trading, I moved all my money. I think I moved ten grand into Cardano. Like, there's a world where I just never would have sold that, and I would have already made ten grand just on Cardano. But it's too risky to keep all of it there. Like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's all I really got for you know. I guess what would be our news segment. We we hope that th- this is kind of um, something a little different. Let us know if you like this. This is the conversations that Moore and I have um, often. So maybe this provides more value to you guys of like what we're looking at and where our eyes are, and just gives you a place to to look or even some to think about. But yeah, I don't know. I hope it's helpful. Absolutely, guys. And with that being said, let's go ahead and move in, into our book for the week. A little manual for knowing. Um, what an interesting book. Ross, I'm very curious to hear what you thought about this book. Well, I'm going to let you start on this one. I will say, I don't know if it was just my version or what, but it was hard. We had some poor audio quality this week, which definitely made it uh, more difficult. Was it the same on your then- end? That no, that didn't bother me as much as uh, as anything. And honestly, we, I don't think the 
audio quality was so bad. Excuse me here. Um, you know, this book was really quite interesting. <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's been a long day. This book was quite interesting. Uh, it was from an interesting perspective on knowing and understanding the world. And I think what one of the, what what my biggest key takeaway from this whole thing was um, was that knowledge is more than information and data. It also has to do with the feeling and the energy around something. Um, and you know, I think there there's a lot to be said there uh, because. Sometimes when we look at things too linearly, it blinds us to a lot of realities that actually have a lot more uh, effect on this on a situation than the logic in and the the data behind the situation. Right, like emotion plays such a huge part into every uh, every interaction that you have, whether it's business or otherwise, and really understanding that the feeling of something is part of the knowledge of, of uh, the, the knowledge and the wisdom behind understanding certain circ situations and how you know things in the world play out and, and I think it's just it's a shift in mindset uh, around going beyond the basic uh, data when it comes to learning certain things, right, and being being uh, being a knower, I guess is the way that she puts it. Um, but yeah, and that's that's kind of that was my big key takeaway. What did you think, Ross? Yeah, you know, I'd say something very similar because they, you know, it made me think of um, the line is um, uh, I don't know what I don't know, or what is wait how does it go? It's um, all I know is that I know not. Pretty much saying, like, you know, I only know what I know. Um, I don't know what I don't know. But I thought it was interesting, yeah. And, and like I said, you're right. It is something a little different. For me, it gets me into the thought that I always have, which is, like, you know, we talk about woo-woo and different things like that. And if you don't know what that is, if you're new to the podcast, that's kind of more a nice fun term when we talk about, you know, the universe and things like that. Since more is uh, much more on that side than me, but we provide a good balance to each other. For me, it makes me think of the mixture between um, knowledge, but also the mindset in which you have for gaining knowledge. So for me, it made me think of um, like the power of positive thinking. That is something that for me, I'm always a proponent on because you can take a lot of this and you can absorb a lot of this information, but a lot of it really is based on your mindset at that time. You know, Are you willing to absorb this? Because they talk about it in the book. It's it's not as easy as, you know, getting information and downloading it and now you know it. You know, you really have to kind of learn to, to use it, to understand it and to, you know, understand what the differences could be to kind of make it a full-bodied kind of experience, I guess you could say. So, I don't know. I thought I thought it was interesting. It wasn't my favorite book, um, but I definitely would say that it, it's, it's an interesting thought to think about information and knowledge in a way different than... I would say almost like the ones and zeros. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, I think I think that it's a conversation about emotional intelligence, right? It's it's truly about understanding that there is an emotional intelligence behind knowledge and wisdom. Um, and I thought it was valuable. I think for for those that maybe aren't as emotional in their decision making processes, it'd be helpful to read this book to understand a little bit about you know, the emotional aspects of, you know, knowledge, wisdom, you know, achieving certain things in relationships, being able to, 
you know, have business relationships, being able to, you know, create positive family uh, experiences, right? Like, from the perspective of learning emotion and learning emotional intelligence and learning how you can utilize, you know, how people feel and how you feel to, you know, know more about a situation than the average Joe. So, yeah, I thought it was super valuable. Um, maybe not a top 10 book, but I thought it was valuable. I thought it was worth the read. It was not overwhelmingly long. Um, it was a little interestingly written, you know. Uh, the wording that she used a little bit was was, was interesting to me. Um, maybe a little, you know, out of the ordinary, but... Um, Overall, I thought that it, it it definitely provided a value. Um, so, last thoughts? Anything else, Ross? Um, no, that's about it. Like I said, I think its best thing is just opening your mind to thinking a little differently, or just thinking about knowledge and, and acquiring knowledge in a slightly different way. Um, but like I said, I thought it was well made. I think this book definitely has value. Like I said earlier, it wouldn't be my favorite book, but um, it was definitely something different than the other books we've read, which I think is worth noting and pointing out because we do. You know, in 104 books, we do find a lot of recurring themes, and I thought this one was slightly different, which which I appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, guys, thank you so so much for joining us for for the two-year anniversary of our first episode, uh, that which was once called The 52 Podcast, which is now Market Today. Uh, we're super excited that you guys are here with us this week, and we'll see you guys next week. My name is Moore Milo. I'm Ross Anarelli. This was Market Today, and we'll see you guys on next Monday. Take care.